Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Positively Affirmative. This is the show where we affirm you, our listening audience, with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness. Join your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Life Skills Institute, Hasina Roach, Relational Consultant, and Radio Host, Wanda Miles. Now, here's your host, Katrina Jones. Hey. Hope everybody's doing well. Hey, Hasina, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, that time changed, though. I definitely love the extra hour. <laughs> I know. I miss it. I miss it, mm-hmm. too. Already. <laughs> I know. Hello. Hey, Wanda. How are you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. Good, it's good to have you. Some house cleaning, as always. That's good. I I feel better, though. It's good to have you back. Yep, we missed you. (laughs) Well, thank you. Oh. Well, today, um, today our our show topic is helping others shine. And you know, ladies, don't beat me up too much because I, I I had a couple of topics, and so for the information that you have, it could be kind of confusing. Um, because I, I started to to label this show helping others look good in the workplace. Um, but then just just uh, decided to do the show page of helping others shine, and it all means the same thing. Yeah. And there, there's a proverbial question that, that Cain asked God, um, and, and we're still asking that question today. Am I my brother's keeper? And and the answer is yes. If If we want to have people on our teams who are productive, enjoy their work, and feel good about their workplace and the work that they do. We are our brother's keepers. And as leaders, there are tools and resources that we can use to help us bring out the best in those that we lead. And so today we're going to just take bits and pieces of research and information from uh, Professor Martin Selleman, and he is the father of positive psychology. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, some work of Dr. Mihaly Mihaly and I'm not sure if I pronounced his name correctly, Um, really challenging name. I'm going to spell the last name, C-S-I-K-S-K. Q-U-N-T-I-M-I-L-A-I-H-A-L-Y-I. And he is one of the founding fathers of happiness and creativity, a neuroscientist who's just done a lot of work on on happiness and creativity. We're also going to talk about uh, Dr. uh, Edward M. Hollowell, who is a medical doctor, and a million dollar seller, a million dollar seller. I don't know if I'm saying this right, but he's the author of two made, two uh, popular books: "Driven to Distraction" and "Shine: Using Brain Science to Get Your Best for, to Get to Get the Best from Your People." And we're going to t- talk a little bit about. Shine, um, because he has developed a system called um, ex- Cycle of Excellence, and it's a five-step process of ways to bring out the best um, in the people that you you work with um, on a regular basis. So we're going to just play with this and um, and see where it goes. 
see where it goes. So making others look good is a skill that when used in the workplace has a lot of significance. And that a big reason for that is, is because when we work in teams, when we work in others, when we work with others, it is all about helping to bring out the best in those that we work out that we work with, helping them to bring out their best gifts, skills, and talents, um, so that we all can contribute to the the mission and the goals of the company or the organization that we're, we're representing. And as a professional in the workplace, helping others shine um, is a part of net, networking and relationship building. When you help others look good, it, it makes you look good, and it creates an atmosphere of trust. It's documented that it's a documented fact that kindness and acceptance of individuals for who they are, while helping them to be the best that they can be, is is heart science. You know, it's not mental science. It's not rocket science. It's heart science. And neuroscientists today have been able to develop tests that um, authenticate or that um, validate those facts. And and I, I think that's pretty amazing because it's something that, <clears throat> with me having a background in social services and, and Hafina, you having a background in in, in, um, in psychology, and Wanda, even you working in radio, <clears throat> you know, it's, 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 something that, it's something that we know and many people have always known that we do better. We do better when we're in an environment that um, has certain ingredients. Um, or, or certain when we're in cultures that foster certain characteristics, when when we're around people who are kind and authentic, it it it, it kind of makes us want to be more authentic. What you know, and I don't want to dominate the conversation, so you know I want to ask, you know, what are some what are some characteristics or traits that you know when you're in a workplace or in an environment make you want, you know, just authentically or, or intrinsically make you want to do well? For me, it's always a positive attitude, and 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 that's not easy to come by. I mean, it, working with people that are positive and look for solutions instead of just dwell on problems is always a challenge, or at least I find in my workplace a challenge for me. So... I think just just finding maybe like-minded people or at least positive people. Can you be like-minded and and be negative? With I mean, you can be, I suppose, with a bunch of negative people. But uh, yeah, finding that positive attitude, that can-do attitude, is 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 crucial. Mm-hmm. That you said being around solution-focused individuals. You know, there's an issue, but let's figure out what the problem is, and let's not sit in the, you know, let's not sit in the problem. Let's figure out a solution, right, um, right. so that we can move forward. What about you, Hasina? One thing I really think about, and this is just me. I know with work we usually have emails. And emails are fine, but when I'm getting an email maybe every 20 minutes, I can't be as productive as I need to be. And I feel like maybe we should do something, or not we, but in the workplace they should say, okay, this hour is when you send the emails, and only during this hour can you do that. And then after that, there's no more emails. Because I think just communication with emails, telephone calls, it takes me away from what I have to do. And I found in a certain job I was at when they had incentives to say, hey, this person's doing really good, we're going to give them a gift card or we're going to take them out for lunch, something 
simple as that helps the rapport. Also, wow. when they used to have um, at one job I used to work at, they would let you work on your personal goals while you were there. So if I saw a training maybe on domestic violence or self-mutilization that I wanted to go to, I was able to go. I just had to give my reason, and they would even pay for it. I love that. I think those are things like we have to remember, yes, we're at work for a long period of time during the week, but when we could get those times away to do something that we enjoy or not, well, yes, we enjoy or we're interested in, it changes how you want to work at that job. It makes you more focused when you are at work to know that you have space also to grow personally. Yeah. That's true. I, like I think that. that's important. Mm-hmm. And, Hasina, you, you, you talked about employers who allow you to develop your creativity they were, you know, they allowed you to pursue your interest as long as it was in alignment with the mission of the organization. So they weren't rigid with the fact that you have to go to this workshop and this workshop and this workshop, but they allowed you an opportunity to to, to decide what you wanted to do, what you liked, what, you know, what resonated with you, and they encouraged you to, um, you know, to pursue that. Exactly. I thought that was awesome that they had that um, program in their job, at that job, per se. There's only one that's been like that, <laughs> but that was mm, that's interesting. That yeah. So, it was, you know, and, and, and it's unfortunate that that was the um, exception and, and that it's not, it's not the norm that companies no, operate not. like that. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, and I'm going to say his name again. Mahali Mihashimihai. Um, he is the founding father of happiness. You know, doing research and and talking on happiness and creativity, and he created a process that he calls flow. And it's something that we're all familiar with. Um, You know, have you ever had a time where you were doing something that you loved and you just lost track of time when you were doing it and you didn't have to think about it and everything just kind of came together in 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 unison you didn't want to stop have you ever had those kind of moments lady oh definitely yeah whenever definitely. i'm audited i'm editing audio <laughs> for me when i'm playing with audio i get lost in that a lot and that's kind of fun yes yeah, so the she seems mm-hmm. to be really big on flow and creativity. Mihai Cheek sent Mihai. That's his name. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting name. But I'm looking at some of the things he's done, and he has done a lot, I believe, for the mental health uh, umbrella altogether. I know they have mental health psychology, and then what I'm in is uh, marriage and family therapy. But he has changed things, and I know some speakers that use the happy happiness and creativity or the positive psychology when they speak, and it really does help. Yeah, and he he does a lot with um you know you said flow. Yeah. Flow. And I'm looking here, and he has so many books and articles that he's done. He's just great. He was even a former president of the American Psychological Association. So he definitely has credibility, and flow is very, very important. I know he uses a scale, and it's called a challenge level. And they talk about the highs and the lows. Uh 
they talk about actually the highs being hmm, some of the interesting things such as anxiety, but also arousal inflow, and then the low things of apathy, boredom, and relaxation. And it's funny that his scale is totally different than anything I have ever seen when we talk about flow. So I can't wait to talk more about him. Why are you waiting? Uh-oh. I, I think we lost Katrina. Let me see. Katrina? Well, is she there? I don't know. Ah, oh, it's quiet. So let's well, hear let's... Yeah, now I hear you. Okay, sorry. My, my phone. Sorry about that. But I wanted okay. to say, Wanda, it sounds like when you are editing, when you are doing that, um, it sounds like that is one of your passions. Is that true? Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, editing audio and playing with audio and music and voices and things. like Yeah, just which is why radio works for me. I wish I were more involved in music for sure, but, you know, it is what it is. And I've learned to love whatever comes my way as mm-hmm. audio goes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I just resent that information to you, Wanda. Sorry, oh, okay, great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So also, um, when he talks about, um, when this gentleman, when he talks about flow, um, he talks about the importance of, about, and, and I don't know if you see this, but in that chart that he um, created, he talks about how when you're in the flow that you're closer to um you're closer to um, focus and you're closer to and you're further away from emotions such as fear and um complacency and boredom um when you're in the zone, those are the emotions that are further, you know, that are furthest away from how you're feeling. But when you're in the flow, um, emotions like um, focus, you're feeling um, exhilaration, you're feeling um, I can't, I can't um, think of some of those other words that he had. But, you know, when you're in the flow, you're feeling good. You are feeling good. And it's totally um, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Mm -mm. I was going to say, I want to read exactly from him. He says, a state of concentration or complete absorption with the activity at hand and the situation it is a state in which people are involved in activity that nothing else seems to matter. I love that part. Nothing else seems to matter, and it's so true. You get, you forget about time when you're doing what you love, and then you look outside, and maybe it's dark, and you're supposed to go somewhere. The idea of flow is identical to the feeling of being in a zone or in a groove. So I love his definition of it. It sounds so good, and I don't know, just talking about it makes me feel good. Like, oh, when I get off the phone, I'm going to go do something in flow. You know, maybe that you love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, really important for for us as leaders to know what brings us joy and what things make us happy. But really equally important for us to um, to figure out what makes other people tick so that we can help them to be in the flow. He's Hungarian. That's why his name is so um, different. He is Hungarian. Yes, he is. Uh-huh. He is one of the uh, neuroscientists who um, who has been revolutionary in changing the way that we look at psychology even because for so long we we looked at people or psychologists looked at people from a sickness 
or from a, a, a perspective of not being well. But this group of this group of, 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 of social scientists, neuroscientists said, Hey, what about those folks out there that are doing well? You know, what about what can we do to make people who are happy um maximize their happiness? How can we help people in the work you know, how can we help employers bring out the best? And, and, and their employees and people who are working for them. How can we? How can we do that? And that was a total switch in in how we um, tended to look at at people. And hence the revolution of positive psychology. Martin Sel- Selgeman, he is the founding father of positive psychology, and he uh, has been really big with the psychology, with creating the psychology of authentic happiness. Again, looking at people from a strength base, what are your strengths? You know, um, looking at people's well-being, what does it take for someone to, to feel good, to have a a pretty good sense of well-being. And what he found out is that it's money to a certain point. But after that tipping point, you know, money just brings more things. It doesn't bring more happiness. And even for people, even for people who, um, and that's, you know, that's going up, up the, you know, up the scale, but even people in poverty, yes, there are certain resources that they need in order to meet their their basic needs. But once, you know, once those basic needs are met, you know, a lot of people have a general, a sense of general well-being. So what is it that, if it's not money, what is it that creates that attitude, that culture? I think it's and just all, feeling like you're part of something. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I feel, I mean, I, I like working in public radio because I feel like I'm more a part of one, my community, and a, a part of something that's a little less divisive and kind of, Unifying, and I, I think that I it's it's radio that I like. I like music probably more so. I just I like being a part of something that I can re- reach a lot of people and kind of bring them all in and commune. And that's I think that's and radio is just magical for me sometimes. Anyway, it's just a whole illusion thing that you can do and lets the imagination go places that it can't do as well with TV or other mediums. So. I think that's important. It's just feeling like you're a part of something maybe bigger than you. And if you get paid to do it, that's awesome too. But I think that's that is awesome. that's what that's what fuels it. So as a as a professional radio host, because you are a professional radio host, you feel a connection with the greater community that you serve. Right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And though I may feel at times like I'm only talking, well, you know, it's I, I always like to feel like, I mean, the thing with radio is that I think Radio 101 is like, is that you're talking to one person. It's it's one of the last mediums that's just a personal, people are listening generally by themselves. I mean, there's not an audience involved. So it's it's almost an intimate, still an intimate medium that, you know, you can partake in. And I like that a lot about it. Like you're just, you know, even though it feels like I'm talking to only one person, I am reaching more than that. More hopefully, more than that. <laughs> I like the 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 ability just to focus in on one individual, and and then that seems to spread out to uh, maybe ten more, if I'm lucky mm-hmm. on a good day. <laughs> and what a gift that that you're a, and what a thrill that you're able to. To use a talent that you 
have developed that you love to make a life. For the most you know, part, how yeah. all, For the most part. And, and how awesome yeah. is that? Yeah, it is how awesome. awesome is that? Mm-hmm. that is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I and, think about... Mm-hmm. I think about Mihai Chen Sen... Mihai. His name is so interesting. But the last thing that was so important about him, and we're talking about how do you get it, where do you get it, and Wanda gave a great example, but I think of me and people say, how are you able to do everything you do with all the things going on in your life, with your health and social things? And I'm like, I have a motivator. My son is my motivator. And that's what he talks about. He talks about that knee-high chink. She sent me high. He talks about motivation, and that's the majority of what he does now. He talks about motivation and the factors that contribute to motivation, challenge, and overall success in the individual. One personal characteristic of this researcher is intruistic motivation. Him and his colleagues found out that people are motivated and they're more when they are motivated, they're more goal directed and enjoy challenges that lead to an increase of overall happiness. So as we do and we have our jobs as we do, myself being, you know, getting my degree in marriage and family therapy, Wanda being a radio host, uh, Katrina, you being a life coach and now working doing your business school, it says a lot. You know, this is what we love to do. And that's why we're goal-oriented and we enjoy the challenges, as Wanda already said. She enjoys doing any kind of production, regardless of what it is, because then you're in flow. You have your motivator right there. So I love how he puts it all together, and it makes perfect sense. You know, as I'm listening to you talk, it's, 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 it's funny that, Often when you're in the flow, you don't even think about it. Like listening to you talk about, you know, Katrina, you're a coach and you just started this business school and, you know, and then you're saying, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm, you know, family, family marriage, you know, uh, went to school for family and marriage therapy and, you know, working on my, you know, you know, working on, you know, my certifications on that and, you know, Wanda is a, you know, professional radio host and, uh, you know, doing doing that, you know, doing that, doing it. It when you when you when you're in the flow, for me, being in the flow, I'm so focused on what I'm doing, I don't even think about how much, you know, how much effort I put into it or um how much time I put into it. And when you talk about being in the flow, most people who are in the flow have developed a mastery. And um, Malcolm Gladwell says that it takes 10,000 hours of working at something to develop mastery at it. And I think about I think about folks who you know, maybe professional figure skaters and how they've been skating since they could walk. <laughs> or, you know, from a very young age, um, you know, professional sports people and um, how they, you know, every day for hours at a time, they are practicing their craft, whatever it is. Right. So that after a certain amount of years, absolutely, they have developed a, a mastery at it. They they become pretty darn good at it. Oh, somebody true. somebody's ha- somebody's hammering in the background. Yeah, <laughs> I know. This has been going on. This has been going on since eight o'clock this morning. Construction. Hey, our neighbors are uh, they're getting a new roof, and it starts ah. pretty early. It's. Yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. Wow, <laughs> I could move. I could move to another room, but no, uh, no, that, it's, no, that's how, normally that's it's how the quietest room in the house. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it goes sometimes. So, yeah. So, Katrina, you know what time it is? It's commercial time. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
Well, we're going to go to a commercial break and come back and talk about Martin Segelman and um, his theory on authentic happiness. All right. Sounds good. Back in two minutes. Satori Life Skills Institute is an instructional business institute offering business development classes to aspiring entrepreneurs and those interested in personal and professional development. We are a team of consultants that specialize in specific areas of business. We come together to provide a comprehensive package of services using a holistic approach that ensures that you receive leading-edge information in leadership, social and emotional intelligence theory, and practical application. Satori Life Skills Institute is dedicated to empowering aspiring entrepreneurs and those interested in personal and professional development in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness. We'll help you find the answers to powerful questions. How am I conducting business? Am I living my mission statement? Am I leaving this place better than I found it because of my contributions? We offer coaching sessions, consulting, and business and personal development classes. Satari Life Skills Institute. We've developed a series of classes that provide real-world tools and strategies that yield solid business, professional, and personal results. Basic bookkeeping, what business owners need to know. Be successful, how to start and stay in business. How to survive in the U.S. business culture. Networking to get business. We also offer free one-session workshops that provide education and resources that outline the steps that startups need for success. And then there's our Mastermind Business Group, an ongoing monthly support group that focuses on aligning goals, learning, and growth with other like-minded professionals. To learn more about our classes, visit us at SatariLifeSkills.com. That's SatariLifeSkills.com, S-A-T-A-R-I, LifeSkills.com. Or call 800-590-0056. SatariLifeSkills.com or 800-590-0056. And join us here weekly on Positively Affirmative every Sunday at 5 p.m. Satari Life Skills Institute. Transform and grow your life and business. And we're back. So we're going to talk about uh, Mark, Martin Sigelman, and I hope I'm saying his name um, correctly. He is the author or the one of the pioneers of, of positive psychology. He did not term the phrase positive psychology. Abraham Maslow termed that coin. He was the he was really one of the first pioneers. But what Martin Sigelman did was created a scientific method to authenticate um, and validate um, the fact that people, that there is a a system and a theory of why people are happy. And with um, Segelman, he talks about three different um, types of lifestyles that we can live. Um, he talks about living the, the pleasant life. And, and the pleasant life is basically where we have um, our companionship, we, um, you know, have our our, our environment um, that is um, nurturing and uh, our, our needs are taken care of, basically. And in the pleasant life, you know, basically – you know, everything's taken care of and, um, you know, we just kind of sailing, you know, just kind of going, you know, just kind of just living, just we're, we're living our life, living our life. Um, then he talks about um, after the pleasant life, he talks about the um, the meaningful life and let me make sure I have that right. He talks about the pleasant life. Um, after the pleasant life, he talks about the good life. And the good life is achieved when we, we discover our strengths um, and our talents and, and, you know, we are able to use them creatively. And in his TED Talk, and um, I think that we're going to post 
um, his TED Talk, because it was really good. And, Justina, was it his TED Talk or was it um, Mihai Chimihi's um, TED Talk that you really enjoyed? Maybe you can post both. (laughs) Yeah, maybe I will. I will. Because I haven't um, seen either, actually, but that'd be nice. Okay, okay. But a a Segelman, he talks about the good life. And when he talks about the good life in his TED Talk, he the best analogy would be um, entertainers. You know, they've been able to really actualize their gifts and skills and talents. You know, and as a result, they've gained fame and fortune, and you know they, um, you know they have the, you know what's quote unquote the good life, um, and you know, but the good life, um, it was nothing wrong with it. You know, just just another, you know, a different phase. But then he talks about the meaningful life. And in the meaningful life, will find a deep sense of fulfillment by using their strengths and their their gifts and skills and talents uh, for the greater good, you know, to help others. And he says that the meaningful life is the life where people tend to, when people have a meaningful life, they tend to live longer, they tend to be more authentic, and they tend to be happier um, because not only have they found their strengths and they're able to actualize their strengths, but they use their strengths to make the world a better place, um, basically. Yes. And in his mm-hmm. – I definitely like that because I like the book that he came out with called Character, Strengths, and Virtues. Uh, yes. He talked about the DSM-4. That's something that I have to use, well, DSM in general, because now I think we're at DSM-5, and that's mm-hmm. a diagnostic tool that they use to diagnose people. If it's depression, schizophrenia, any of those range of things, autism, anything, it's all in the DSM and now I believe it's a DSM-5. But with that, he wants to change how we look at things, and that goes back to marriage and family therapy of being postmodern and not addressing the psychology as most people do in the mental health field. But the character strengths and virtues talks about having the strengths of who has wisdom, who has knowledge, courage, humanity, justice, temperance, and transcendence. And then he talks even further and talks about forgiveness, humility, prudence, and self-regulation. Even talking about this makes me think of when I did functional family therapy and they want to know the positives of what's going on well with the family. We don't want to we, – we, we look at the negatives, but we also want to know what's going well so we can address what's going well so they can continue to do that as a family. And then – and another way, we frame the negatives so they could also see the good. Because I always believe there's always good and bad. You might not see always. it right then and there, but there's always good and bad. So I like that he has this book called Character, Strengths, and Virtues. I think that's awesome. And then his mm-hmm. last book, Perma. Well, no, that's that's not his last book. His last book is called Flourish. And he has something in there called PERMA, and it's it's a breakdown. It's an acronym. So it talks about positive emotions, engagement, relationships, meaning, and achievement. And I want to just break it down a little bit more. Positive emotion can be assessed subjectively. Engagement, and these are just tools that he uses when he's addressing people. Engagement, like position emotion, can only be measured through subjective means. And maybe even talking about this might be a little bit too diagnostic, but I love that he breaks up, breaks down every single one that you should be looking at. Positive emotion, I'll say it again, engagement, relationships, meaning, and achievement. And when you focus on those when you're doing any kind of therapy, counseling, life coaching, 
it changes what you get out of that client. And using this also helps with the well-being of the person or family. Um, Also, it gives people the opportunity to pursue. I feel like this marriage, marriage and family therapy or how I was given the education when I went to Nova Southeastern University some years ago, we we try to change meaning. And when you change meaning, it contributes, contributes to that person's well-being. It makes them pursue things on their own, and it's not us. We're just a guide. And last one is defining things and measuring it independently in regards to the other elements. I think these things are so great, and they haven't been validated um, 100% through all specialties, but I could definitely see how his work, so let me see if I can say it, so Ligaman has helped with uh, changing things. I know in China, India, Greece, and Rome, and some of the contemporary Western cultures, it's used more than anything. So it's good to have this refresher, actually, and he is a great contributor along with the last doctor, and I'm going to try to pronounce his name again, Mihai Cheekset Mihai. They are great contributors into wellness and well-being and how that will reflect onto others. So it's Absolutely. actually really helping others shine. I love it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the last person that we're going to talk about is um, Hollowell, uh, Dr. Edward M. Hollowell, who's a medical doctor, um, psychiatrist, instructor, and he's also an author. And he's written some uh, best-selling books. One is Driven to Distraction, and the other is Shine, Using Brain Science to Get the Best from your people. Now, I love these gentlemen because not only are they saying, yes, when you deal with a person from their strengths and not their weaknesses, you get the best out of them. Yes, when, you, when you're in the flow, when you can get into the flow, when you can help people find their flow, um, you, you can help to bring out the best in who they are. Um, you know, they all give the same message, um, but they had been able to um, to scientifically document the fact that yes, this is this is true, and I think for me that's the most exciting is that you know neuroscience is, is being able to authenticate um, that positive has benefits, um, health benefits, social benefits, um, has benefits in the workplace. It's a win-win for for everybody, and I I think that's really great. Now, Hollowell, in his book, Shine, using brain science to get the best from your, your people, He talks about um, and elaborates on five steps that when they are used can motivate and increase work performance. And these five steps, when they're used in conjunction, he calls it the cycle of excellence. And, you know, step one is select. And what um, Hollowell says is that it's important to put people in the right position so that they can be creative and use their gifts, their skills and talents to be the best they can be, to the best of their ability. Um, when The criteria that we need to use when we are working with folks is we need to ask, what are they good at? And it's really interesting because a lot of companies use these personality assessments and, you know, for them, there is a psychology to it. They are wanting to know, based on the way that this person answers these, answers these questions, 
are they going to be a good fit for our culture, for our mission, for what it is that we do? Um, even even when we're working with folks, um, and it's really interesting because sometimes my daughter, uh, she does some um, administrative things uh, for me in the office, but she's really she's more creative than she is administ- you know than she is I would say I guess administrative, and so I have to be really mindful about the tasks that I that I give her to do. You know, because I don't want her to be bored. I don't want you know. I want to encourage and and uh, and use the the skills that she's best at. And uh, and and I recognize that, but you know, really important that that selection. Um, are we really looking at folks and putting them in the right place, or are we just putting them in a position because that's where we need them, or are we putting them in this position because we know that this is going to be, you know, where they can, you know, where they can uh, grow and where they can help us grow as a as a company or an organization. And when we're talking about leadership, um, even though we're, we we talk about office and and um, job um, situations, you know these principles apply to home life as well. You know, with our with with our our children, are we are we looking at them and and are we looking at at what they do well, and are we are we doing things to help them to grow in those areas of their strengths? You know what I what love about him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he's first from Massachusetts, so you know I love him just yeah. because of that. <laughs> but he has eleven books, and he likes to address ADD and ADHD and also parenting. Yeah. So that is very interesting. And before we start to close up, I want to talk about an excerpt that I saw that makes perfect sense of what employers can look for, what we can look for in our personal life with our children, as you were saying. Um, I even see Wanda in here with her dog. So this is an excerpt from Human Moments how to find meaning and love in your everyday life. The basic ingredients of having a life, a happy, of a happy life are simple. They include friends, neighbors, relatives, some work you like, I love that part, perhaps some pets, Wanda, a club, a church, or a team, maybe a garden or another passionate pastime or hobby, maybe a good book or a movie and some hopes and memories, too. To relish the full pleasure of these connections, we have to delve deeply into them and make them make the most of them. We have to nourish them so they can become strong as they can possibly be. And this is what life is about. Now, only if we could do that more. I know, Katrina, you went to the beach the other day. Wanda, you love walking your dogs. And, hey, I yeah. love my son and many other things, so... It's a great thing to relish and take the full pleasure of it. Take that time, be mindful, enjoy that. And I feel like if we turn that and make it into what we do with our employers or vice versa, employees, this will make a huge difference with how you get productivity at work. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that selection that selection process is huge. And then step two is connect. Knowing how to communicate in ways that bring out the best in others. Um, how do we how do we communicate with folks so that they can feel like they can be their authentic self? You know, what initiatives do we put in place that allow people to you know, sign up for things that they love to do. Creating uh, toxic environments where folks are fearful, worried, insecure. Um, you know, are we, have we developed cultures of, of backbiting, gossip, uh, environments where people are just disconnected? 
or are we consciously doing things, creating environments that build trust, cohesion, open openness? Um, fear disables people, and that's one thing that Hollowell says. Fear disables. Positive work environments lead to sustained productivity. And I know it's really one thing that, um, you know, there's one company, and I I, I don't want to give the wrong name because it's been a while since I I, I read this this example, but one company, they keep M&Ms out all over the company. They've got bowls of (laughs) M&Ms. so that people can just dig their hands in the candy and, you know, take out M&Ms and eat them, you know, when they feel. And they say typically when people feel stressed, you know, is is when they tend to kind of grab. And so they can tell, you know, stressful times by how much candy they have to refill and how often. But that's a a way that they um, uh, provide comfort. And so I thought well, that was really some, interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and there's yeah, something in chocolate, that. too, that chocolate is a, a mood booster, so that's part of it. Oh, interesting. That's part of it, too. Yeah. And they're sending them to the dentist. <laughs> so, yeah. They're thinking, they're thinking on all different levels. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Yeah, I had an um, employer where they had a cappuccino, hot chocolate, and coffee machine, and that was a great incentive to come into the office and hand in your paperwork, per se. Or when you were in the office doing paperwork, you know you can go get coffee, a cappuccino, or hot chocolate. It made a mm-hmm. big difference. I think that was one of the pluses at that job. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Step three is play. Hollowell states that play is an activity in which the imagination gets involved. And play can transform any organization. And, um, you know, I think that's so great. And I look at companies and organizations that have – softball teams and, you know, they have Little League after work or, um, you know, even during even during the work day, every three months or, you know, maybe even once a year, they'll have a retreat where they, you know, they have some, some activities. Um, you know, some employers are even able to, to send their, you know, to send the team off somewhere, you know, um, to for the retreat where, you know, they can, you know, work during the day or, you know, uh, do the teamwork during the day, but in the evening have their own free time. So some some places have gyms, you know, right. that allow their folks to exercise or offer, you know, discounted memberships. So play is really important. And I know that when you're moving, I know when you're exercising, it, it helps those endorphins to and yep. you may know a little bit more than this than I do, but it helps those endorphins to, to kind of move, and it, it releases stress. So I can only imagine that play does some very similar things. It's always another mood booster, yeah. There's, it's mm-hmm. it's all good stuff. It not only lets you get it out, but it also builds you back up. I mean, it's, yeah, exercise is good for stress and for depression even. Yes. Yeah. Step four is grapple and grow, which is a byproduct of having fun. Play allows for creativity, and creativity increases motivation, which tends to inspire people to work harder. Um, It's not people's lack of commitment that often causes for a lack of passion and motivation. It's not giving people an opportunity to be in the right position and not allowing people to do the right tasks. And I think that's really interesting. You know, do we have folks in the right place? Sometimes I think we even set people up for failure, you know, when we don't really pay attention to to asking them, to asking a person, um, you know, to, to asking those questions, um, what are they good at? 
What what are you good at? What do you like? What you know, and 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 by doing this, can it add value to the organization? You know, Hasina, the company that you worked for, they allowed you to pick the you know pick the workshops you wanted to go to. You know, I mean, as long as it was in the you know in this in the um, you know in the general um, vicinity of what you guys did. You know, they figured if you learned it and you did well at it, it would add value to the company and to the organization. So, again, uh, when people are able to engage their imagination and do their jobs well, it results in developed mastery. And when we can have folks uh, who we work with who are masters at what they do, you can only have synergy. What else is there when people are masters at what they do? That's that's nothing but flow. And then number five, the goal, or number five, um, Hollowell states that um, everyone needs to feel valued and recognized. Shine. Number five is shine. Everybody needs to feel recognized and valued. And and what he says is a lot of times in an organization, the superstars are the ones that get, you know, get the recognition because they're always the one at the forefront. But he says, yeah, look at the superstars because they're important, but also look at that person that's in the corner just, you know, with their head down just doing the work and recognize them for what they're doing. So it's like the least, you know, those who are not out in the forefront. You know, we need to recognize them as much as we recognize everybody else. And don't hold back on compliments. Create a culture that is generous with praise. Recognize not only achievement, but attitude. And and compliment attitude and, and achievement. I I just think that's so important. Everybody wants to feel recognized whether they say they do or not. Everybody wants to everybody wants to feel like their contributions make a difference. It's true. It's very true. So Wanda, and what, what about what about I'm just thinking all these things we're saying is great. And what about if we twist it, not twist it, but reflect it another way? Instead of just our employees and uh, the people we work with, what about if we put some of that on our customers? I like that, you know, I see the same people and I get a smile out of them and even a small conversation. Sometimes they even have, as I said, a previous employer had uh, coffee and cappuccino at the place where I just go and get my oil changed. They have all of that. And I see the same people, the same lady at the front desk, and we're talking about what we put in our uh, slow cookers. It's just, it's a nice feeling. It makes me want to go back and continue to go back. So, yes, it's great for the workplace, but also how can we reflect it out to our customers so they also feel that same connection and want to come back? Uh, absolutely. And that's that five-star customer service that Jill exactly. spoke about. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Wow. So, so I know it's time little, to close up. Mm. Yeah, we're running out of time. So um, we're going to put some information on our um, on our Facebook page. And what is our Facebook um, page? Positive, positively affirmative radio. Positive, positive, right. Yeah. Okay. Positive affirmative radio. All right, ladies. Well, I want to thank you, ladies, and we want to thank our li- our listening audience for tuning in to another edition of Positively Affirmative. And we will see we'll we'll see you all next week. Bye, ladies. Okay. Bye. Okay. Take care. <laughs> bye, bye. Bye. We'd like to thank you for tuning in to another edition of Positively Affirmative. This is the show where we affirm you with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness. 
Join your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Life Skills Institute, along with Hasina Roach, Relational Consultant and Radio Host, Wanda Miles. We teach aspiring entrepreneurs and those interested in personal and professional development how to create positive shifts in their work life and balance so they can become the director of their own life stories. Is your life story one you would love to see improve? Then join us here live every Sunday at 5 p.m. Bring a friend and share the prosperity. <laughs>